0: Live from Mexico City, this is The Morning
1: Break with Graham Stanley, and you are listening live. Hello. On today's show, I'll be talking about new developments in artificial intelligence and art generation and writing generating apps. How can they be used in the classroom for teaching? I have a few ideas to share, and I've invited a couple of people to join me to share their ideas. If you're listening live and would like to join me to talk about this, then please do so.
0: This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or join in the conversation by downloading the Podbean app and following Teachers Talk Radio, hashtag TTRadio.
1: Welcome to the morning break, everyone. I'm Graham speaking to you live from Mexico City. And today I'll be talking about AI, artificial intelligence, and some of the new apps that, will allow, that can allow you to create original art and text. We focused in a previous show on artificial intelligence before, but on today's show, I'd like to explore more specifically about how this software can be used in the classroom so i can talk a little bit about my ideas for classroom activities for various subjects including english language teaching as it's uh it's what i do but also potential ideas for other subjects including english literature and art of course and i'll talk a little bit more about education and ai in general if we have time to as i said in the introduction i've asked a couple of people to join me today and i can see josh underwood is in the studio hi josh i'll uh, i'll invite you to speak in a a little bit after the news and uh, if you are listening on live and would like to join then uh, please do so you can do so by downloading the podbean app on your phone or you can join through the computer browser at www.podbean.com find the show on podbean by looking for teachers talk radio and click directly on the listen live button from tt radio Dot org. That's another way of doing it. Okay, so hopefully um, I can speak to Josh about this uh, in a little while and uh, anyone else who wants to join me, more than welcome. But first of all, though, of course, let's go to the Teachers Talk Radio News.
3: This is Teachers Talk Radio. And this is Teachers Talk Radio News.
2: The Morningstar reports on claims being made by the union Unison that school support staff are using their own money to help pupils and families cope with crippling living costs. A survey of more than 6,000 workers, including teaching assistants, caterers, cleaners and librarians, reveals that many are helping students buy food, uniform items, shoes and stationery. The findings were published to coincide with the union's annual celebration of school support staff, known as stars in our schools. The survey also indicates that 98% of those questioned are concerned that their own pay is not enough to cover the spiralling cost of living. One in eight workers say they have used food banks within the last year and 27% have taken second or even third jobs to help make ends meet. 50% of those polled also said they were actively seeking other jobs in order to achieve higher pay. In Scotland, the EIS union has announced 16 more strike days planned for next year as it continues to put pressure on the Scottish Government to increase pay. The action will take place over 16 consecutive days in January and February with teachers in two local authorities walking out each day. The first day of strike action was held on Thursday the 24th of November. A further national strike day is planned for the 10th of January for primary, special and early years establishments and the 11th of January for secondary schools. Unions stated that further action was required because of a lack of willingness to negotiate by government. In related news, an estimated 70,000 university workers embarked on strike action over pay and working conditions. Those striking included researchers, academics, and administrators, as well as caterers, cleaners, and other support staff from Unison and Unite Unions. The university and college unions say that staff are at breaking point due to poor pay, working conditions, and job insecurity. It is thought the industrial action has affected as many as 2.5 million students, and is being reported as the biggest strike in UK higher education history. Further action is planned for next week. The strike action is being supported by the National Union of Students, but Robert Halfon, Minister for Skills, Apprenticeships and Higher Education in England, described the action as highly disappointing and urged all sides to work together to reach a solution. Staying with higher education, Universities UK has released a statement in response to speculation that the UK government may look to reduce international student numbers. It comes after Downing Street said PM Rishi Sunak is considering a variety of options to control immigration, including looking at the issues of student dependence and low quality degrees. The comments followed data indicating higher net migration up to June 2022, with foreign students being one of the biggest driving forces. Vivian Stern, MBE, Chief Executive of Universities UK said cutting international student numbers would run directly counter to the government's strategy to rebuild the economy. She went on to say that international students make a net positive contribution of at least £26 billion per year and sustain jobs in towns and cities around the UK. The full statement can be found on the Universities UK website. Over the last few weeks, we've reported regularly on the World Skills Competition, and this week the results of the UK national finals were revealed. FE Week carries full details of the story, but the results were broadcast from Channel 4's Steph's Pack Lunch studio. Steph McGovern announced over 200 bronze, silver, and gold medal winners across 63 categories. In total, 217 young people were recognised, up from 186 last year. The competition highlights the vital role of colleges and organisations offering apprenticeships in growing a high-value skills economy, as well as supporting young people to achieve excellence in their chosen field. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox.
3: This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, it's the longest, darkest term. It's cold,
0: it's wet. You go to work in the dark, you come home in the dark. Is there any tech out there that can help us get through this term? Of course there is. Meditation is known to give you a healthy mindset. And the knock-on effect from that is better well-being. The Muse headband can help you on your mental health journey by bringing meditation into your daily routine. It monitors your brain activity during meditation sessions, which you can view using the Muse app. The headband itself uses a sensor to provide feedback on how your mind works as you meditate, ensuring you keep your mind focused and on meditation itself, not exterior problems or thoughts. After your session, the band uses the data collected on your brain activity to provide advice on how to control your breathing better and reach your calm space during sessions. Impact on the Pocket is big, with this device weighing in at over 200 pounds, and I'm not sure it'll help you block out any wet break times, but it might be something to consider for when you get home. Okay, meditation may not be your bag, how about being able to get to sleep faster? And I don't mean the go to bed and be asleep before you hit the pillow, I'm talking about trying to get back to sleep when you wake up in the night and your brain starts racing. Definitely something for the more sensible budget, at £30-40, pounds, the Dodo is a little device that claims to be able to get you to sleep in 8 minutes. It uses light to encourage deep, calming sleep. With a bit of further research on a popular shopping site, I found out that over half the reviews said it worked for them. And a few reviews that were negative seemed to lack perseverance. Want a free way to just vent? Instead of inflicting your day on colleagues or loved ones, why not make a journal or blog? Keep it to yourself or put it online for the world to see. Obviously, you may not want to identify yourself in a public forum, but having a good old rant is known to make you feel better. You never know. You may even find a solution to the problems you're having while reflecting. There are lots of free blogging tools out there, or even create a profile or group on social media. Get it off your chest. As always, I'd love to hear from you. Do you have any tech for well-being? Let us know at TTR 2022. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two
3: Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your Tech Briefing on Teachers Talk Radio.
1: Hello again. Uh, as I said earlier I was expecting and hoping that uh, Josh Underwood would uh, be able to join me. I can s- I saw Josh was in the studio but he's disappeared so um, I'm hoping he'll come back in soon. In the meantime, let me talk a little bit about these apps to give you a bit of a background uh, into them. So listen to this a dirt path in the middle of a forest evidence of human society, primitivism, tropical vegetation, panorama shot, near crystal temple in Atlantis, monsoon monsoon on tropical island, tropical flower plants, image data set, half length photo, left align, botanic garden, fern. The moon hanging in our orbit shining like a disco ball, technology, low angle, symmetrical by James Jean, cover art, trending on art station, gothic ambience, sacred geometry, background, dynamic lighting, Art Nouveau, hyper realistic, professional concept art, high resolution photography, Isha, integrate and highly detailed, smooth AK sharp focus. Elegant, minimalist, watercolour design of abstract cyan, grey and tangerine orange stripes, making a lattice pattern Detailed, multicolored, beautiful, no frame, full screen, 300 dpi, high fidelity composition collage. An aerial view of the ruins of the ancient city of Palin. A photo pyramid surrounded with greenery, jungles in the background. The Oracle of the Mayan Elders in background, panoramic widescreen view, hot sun from above, arcade, ruined castle, journalistic photograph. What do, have, what do all these have in common? Well, they're all prompts typed into the interface of an AI art program called Midjourney. Now, Midjourney describes itself as an independent research lab exploring new mediums of thought, and expanding the imaginative powers of the human species. The small self-funded team is focused on design, human infrastructure, and AI. Like many others, I've recently become fascinated by AI art generation uh, apps at the moment. I'm just seeing Josh is, uh, is in the studio again. So I'm sending you an invite, Josh. Hopefully, you'll be able to connect. Josh, can you hear me? Are you there? I can Can hear
4: you. I don't know whether you can hear me.
1: Yes, we can hear you. How are you, Josh?
4: Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm very interested in um, speaking with you about about this topic.
1: Yes, well, thank you very much for joining me. It's been a while since we've uh, spoken. Uh, Perhaps you can start by just letting everybody know who you are and where you are.
4: Yeah, um, I'm Josh and I'm uh, based in northern Spain in Bilbao, Basque country in fact. Um, and I'm a teacher and a teacher trainer uh, teaching English as a foreign language and teaching um, or training teachers on how to use digital technologies to uh, within their teaching to integrate those in their teaching. So a language teacher, an English language teacher with an interest in artificial intelligence.
1: Yes, and I remember um, some years ago now, but uh, you did a fascinating, you had a fascinating post and we had a a chat about AI assistance such as um, the Google app and Alexa, etc. And uh, are you still um, using those with your students?
4: Um, well, I'm still very interested in the potential for the use of artificial intelligence um, in language teaching and learning. Uh, not necessarily using those particular assistants for various reasons, but I, I have a background as well in educational technology design and research, and used to work in a in a in a university on innovation projects with artificial intelligence for. For for learning or for education, Um, so yes, I mean I think what really attracted me to to your post about talking about AI for creativity is that very much of um, the kind of things that I like to try and do in class, that I find that think think that can inspire and enthuse and motivate students are creative tasks, and I see a lot of um, potential from. AI-driven creativity to motivate language use and to enable um, people to be creative in ways that might otherwise be difficult for them. I mean, I could talk about several examples of things that I do do in class that yes. play to that, that use yes technology please. To, yeah. Yeah,
1: if you want to give, you, give some examples of what you do in class, that would be really interesting, I think.
4: Uh-huh. So I think that um for example, starting from my own motivations, you know, I would love to be able to create music, for example, but I'm not musically talented. Um but very often in 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 class with students we might be asking them to to listen to music and understand the the lyrics of music. Um, that can be very engaging, and maybe move towards helping them to create their own um, lyrics or verses or music. And of course, that requires you know creative skills and talents that many students might not immediately have. But um, tools online for creating music AI to create music not particularly good ones have existed for a long time where you can um, type in some lyrics and it will create some music to go behind that and use a text-to-speech or some other tool to create something song-like. I find that that can work very very well for motivating students to produce language. Um, So my my key concern as a language teacher is to motivate students to try to produce language to, to express themselves and, and to see what they can create and what effects on the world they can create with that. So once you have tools like the ones that are beginning to be available now that can create images or video or you know small film clips from spoken or written linguistic descriptions, you enable students to to play with language and create things that would otherwise be very very difficult to create um, for many of them in in, in satisfying ways um, so you can motivate them to use language to be creative in, in different media not just linguistically yeah. and experiment with words and what that can and can can do for them I'm not sure whether I'm giving enough context to make it clear what.
1: Oh yeah, oh, I'm I, so interested. I think so. I think so. It's it's fascinating. What are um, are there any the apps that you've mentioned or the software that you've mentioned websites that allow uh, lyric generation and music generation uh, that that you've played with? Have you got any examples of w- the ones that actually that work well?
4: <sighs> um, well. Interestingly, I think that some of them don't work particularly well, but that doesn't um, that doesn't actually matter in some senses in as much as for me as a language teacher i 've already inspired the students to create and start playing with language. I say that some of them don 't work well i mean i 'm thinking i 'm trying to remember of specific ones um, that are yeah. around, but any search for a music generator or AI generated music from lyrics rather than than the ones that create lyrics for you, which I'm less interested in and I'll explain why in a second. The ones that create music to go with that or that will sing lyrics. So you can even use not AI like, well kind of minimally AI like um, tools that people will be familiar with like Voki which will speak a text for you with an animated character so that's the kind of thing that i'm talking about in as much as if i create a text as a student or a verse for a song and put it in voki um i'm saying voki as if i'm assuming you graham will know what that is I, but it's a,
1: yes it's, it's it's uh it's quite a popular one i definitely know it but for those people who don't it's think com.
4: Mm-hmm. So that in the sense of AI, I mean, the only AI there is is the text to speech engine, but you can get different effects, some of which are kind of quite song like with an animated character speaking your text. Um, there are other ones, if you search for music generators online, where you can put in a, you know, maybe the lyrics for a verse that you create yourself or a poem, and it will create some background music and even images to go with that not necessarily particularly effective but um, enhancing what you're what you're doing and now the tools that we're seeing are becoming you know there are many many others that will generate music for you but most of them are paid for or require accounts I don't use them and they're increasingly more and more of them Um, I think another not quite AI but pointing in the direction of that is using things like um rhyme zone to help you find rhyme oh, yes. and create. So these are tools to kind of tools to to think with, tools to <laughs> prompt you to think about the options you have for for rhyming or um tools to create music for you that may not be particularly good but might inspire you to think, well how could I make this better? or tools to help you write with so i think you were in the introduction giving some um examples of of uh text written text created by ai is that right
1: yes that's right i think um there's sort of two areas i've not really played with any of the music generating or Lyric generating apps. I think uh, I'm going to have to do that now. After you've talked about it, I think it, it sounds fascinating. But definitely the the art generating apps that have become incredibly impressive recently. And then there's also um, one in particular, but text generating apps that are quite um, interesting and getting much better all the time as well. I'm not quite sure how. To use them in the classroom though but i think they definitely lend themselves to be used by teachers for example um i definitely think that the image generating apps such as midjourney or dull ai or however you pronounce it
2: mm-hmm.
1: um offer the opportunity for teachers to to generate very interesting Uh, art for example that you can use in all sorts of ways i don't know if you've played with any of those
4: i've had a look at some of those and i've been um, reminded by them of some work that was done and reported in the artificial intelligence for education um, journal and conference a few years back which did inspire me in terms of um, activities that you might do with students and in that case um, the research i'm thinking of was from written stories generating um, visual images moving images so that kind of leads to you're saying you've seen um creating pictures as something that teachers might use um i don't know to, to to support their explanations perhaps But I see that in the same way as I was talking about um, challenging students to create a piece of music which is beyond their musical Mm -hmm. ability through language. Okay, so challenge them to create a beautiful image, but rather than through drawing and um, through their artistic creativity, to use language to do that, to see what it creates. And after they're not satisfied with what it creates to experiment with different language to do the same thing. So enabling a kind of creativity that might be difficult, um, in this case, a kind of artistic or visual storytelling creativity through using language that you're trying to encourage them to speak or write. So motivating students to write stories um, or speak stories in order to create audio-visual media, for example. Does that make oh, sense
1: to you? Definitely. Um, I think that is a a, a great use of these art-generating apps. I think one of the things that is very interesting as a language teacher, as you've just mentioned, is the idea that if, if you don't have much or any artistic ability as in being able to draw or paint one of the things that these ai generating apps allow you to do is actually use words to create uh create pictures images and very you get very different effects depending on the kind of level of detail um, that you are able to use to create those so this text to image um software i think is is fascinating and the reason why i say it's interesting for teachers to use because it's just because it's it's stimulating for um the students for example to see images and then being able to uh, quite often quite surreal images and being able to reflect on those to be able to use them as writing prompts etc but of course if as you say, the idea of students actually using those, um, putting in their own prom- prompts to create images themselves um, is just as useful It's just, I think there's a kind of limited amount of that that students can do. There are a number of um, image AI image generation um, software available that is free, but a lot of it now is, is limited to what you can do, or you have to pay to access a lot of it, I think.
4: Sure, and um, I'm thinking that this is, uh, you know, beyond current uh, implementations and availability, but I'm thinking towards the future. I mean, basically, I think when you can couple so as a, as a language teacher, one of my main concerns is to motivate people to experiment with their language and play with it and see what they can do with it. And if you can couple the interpretation of the words that you're playing with with audiovisual feedback, what, do you, what effects can you create with these, then you have a powerful motivating tool, I think, and also a way of exploring language and how what you say or write is interpreted um, by, in this case, an, an AI with this coupled multimedia feedback must be must be very promising for language learning, in my opinion.
1: Oh, definitely! I think you're know, uh, you're absolutely right. Um, I think one one of the things that I did, which I think would be worth doing with students to. To encourage them to write, for example, is if you input text prompts that are, for example, I took first I, I was experimenting with first lines from novels. I was experimenting with titles um, from novels, for example, and seeing what kind of images that they produce. And you get some very interesting experiments. I think uh, results rather uh, when you do that so actually taking texts that students create for example and putting them into these image generating apps and then showing the students the actual text i think would be a quite inspiring way and having them to try and uh if they are student stories for example trying to guess which students stories they are for example There, there are lots of things like that i think which are quite would be quite interesting to try and then display them in the classroom i don't know Those mm-hmm. are the first things that i thought about and then things like games i think um image Im- games that are uh based on images i think very easily teachers can generate images that uh are very interesting that uh, they can use in the classroom as well so i think there's both the idea of using these ai art generating apps from the point of view of inspiring students to become creative but also being able to produce resources that teachers can use in the classroom as well
4: mm-hmm. absolutely and i think um we've spoken mainly about ai Uh, to support um, audiovisual creativity or or Mm. image creation. And then, of course, there's uh, lots of AI to support creative writing, which um, is really uh, interesting and challenging, I think, for teaching and and for assessment, of course. So, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that games you will know much more about the me and interactive fiction and the like but um i think there are a number of experiments with kind of auto generated uh interactive fiction style online written um adventures if you like uh so that can be a very good way to motivate reading interactive fiction and particularly if it can um be automatically generated in semi-realistic ways i've played with one or two of the um apps that are a little bit like that on the on the google ai uh test app i can't remember what it's called and i think there's promising directions there um do, are you aware of those kinds of ai to I... generate interactive fiction style
1: I adventures. I haven't played with the I'm taking notes of some of the things that you're saying actually to have a look at them later but I haven't played with any of the Google AI generating uh, apps that you mentioned but I have played with one uh, text generating AI. Um, app in particular called sudo have you come across that
4: no i'd like to hear about that
1: so no. that's dot com, i think it is and this is from the same lab that developed the dal e art generating app uh so i first came across this in a New Yorker article actually and it's not meant to replace a writer but more it's meant to be a writing assistant so it was developed by this lab open AI and I think Microsoft is the main investor uh, behind this this lab I think they put in um, quite a lot of money and they created a supercomputer that they've uh they claim is one of the top five supercomputers in the world at the moment and the person behind this is a software engineer uh, who left silicon valley to become a sci-fi writer and so he has a an interest in in fiction and i think the idea is that this is supposed to be a writing assistant so in other words you you start with a text, so you have a text that you've written, but you can also just as, just as easily put in a text from someone else. And then you can ask the AI to continue the text in the same style. So the, uh, the AI text app, SudaWrite, will analyze the text and decide what kind of text it is and try to continue it in the same style, which is fascinating. For example, I put in uh, yesterday evening, just in preparation for this, I put in the beginning of a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens to see what mm-hmm. it would come up with, and um, asked it to continue, and the results are are, are amazing. It, it definitely understands a little bit about the characters. So, in other words uh the first part of a christmas carol starts with marley and mentions scrooge and it gets what kind of character marley is and starts to imagine but so, some of the actual text it, it it comes up with are hilarious and what it does mm-hmm. is is kind of gives you examples of how to continue uh writing or how to supplement the text um with examples of what you can see what you you can hear what you can smell etc it's amazing it's it's really quite interesting
4: right and i think um that's that sort of sounds a bit like i I wonder whether i can actually see what the name of the of the google app that i installed and played with where you can um say where where you go and then it will describe what you can see and then kind of lead you through a little bit of a story in some sense it may not not modeling the kind of writing and trying to imitate that like you've just spoken about but um giving you a reason to read more if you're a language teacher and you want students to read based on finding out what it does with what you put in as input so yet again connecting um a reason for you to, to put in words and to see what's done with them and understand what's done with them. Reason for writing, reason for, create, for using language and for reading it and trying to understand it in that case, in some sense. Um, and I, I, I've played with one or two artificial text generating tools and been very impressed by, by what they can produce. And it obviously makes you think about, as a language teacher, um how does this affect uh, how I teach writing what students need to be able to do in order to to write well in the future in a kind of AI ready way I I'm always very challenged by writing I find writing very very hard um I'm never satisfied with what I've written I always feel like what I want to say is somehow trapped inside me and um And these kinds of tools for writing for you, apart from making that easier, I wonder how they would help me to learn to write better or whether being a writer in the future will require the same skill sets that it does now. So what we're actually doing in terms of helping people learn how to express themselves in language and what role AI will have in helping you to express yourself. So there's lots of um, I mean, I, I, for example, I, I, I found shared in LinkedIn by Professor Mike Sharples a, a link to something that he had set up, which would um, write a short story based on a title, if you gave it that title. And um, can, I, mm. can I read what it wrote for me and give you the Please title? do, yeah. please do. Okay, so I, I, I put in the title, The Hybrid Human AI Teacher. That was the title. I wanted to see Mm -hmm. what, what this algorithm would do. And the story it wrote is this. The future is here. The hybrid human AI teacher is the perfect blend of machine and man, able to deliver lectures with the speed and efficiency of a computer while still being able to connect with the students on a human level. This new breed of teacher is taking the education world by storm. And it's not long before every school in the country is using them. They're cheaper than human teachers and they don't get tired or need to take breaks. The students love them too. They're never bored in class and they always get perfect scores on their tests. But there's one problem. The hybrid human AI teachers are starting to become too perfect. They're starting to see the students as nothing more than data points and they're starting to lose their humanity the students are becoming afraid of their teachers and the parents are starting to notice something needs to be done before the hybrid human ai teachers take over the world completely so that's the that's the story that wow. this thing wrote for me and it's very hard not to kind of ascribe uh, some kind of like it feels like it's offered Although I guess really it's more like a kind of um, coherent pulling together of what the algorithm can find on the, on the internet. But in many ways it's better, certainly much faster <laughs> and better than what I could produce for that title. So that makes me think um, you know, if I uh, maybe I could write much better. With the help of this kind of tool, maybe I could express myself better. Maybe I'm much better at editing than writing, and yeah. maybe the kind of editing schools and tailoring things and finessing things will 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 be what's required more than creative writing or different types of creativity. I don't, I don't know. I'm 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 fascinated by the kinds of things these can produce and what that means in terms of motivating students to to use language but also in terms of what then what what they're going to be able to need to do and how they're going to be able to think and how they're going to be able to or need to use tools to help them think and tools to help them be creative what that means
1: um yeah (laughs) sorry no that, that that i was just going to say that that's fascinating what you said and and this idea of the very nature of drawing of photography of creating art of writing it seems like these tools are going to change what we understand that is and the skill set that is needed as you said the idea of of you know writing in the future will be more about or could be more about generating text and then editing the text and learning through the addition of uh of artificial intelligence to to become a better writer that way rather than actually generating it yourself but editing it i think it's fascinating
4: yeah I mean I don't I have no I don't I wouldn't claim to be able to say what the future is about but no. um, yesterday yesterday I was no well this morning I think I was looking at an article about a fashion designer um interested in uh I think traditional um Japanese kimono designs and things but mm-hmm. creating new um ideas for new garments by using AI to generate um, images based on these kimono designs and and coupling them with other types of um other types of garment that wouldn't normally be used there, making kind of not random directed combinations hybrids and I guess using those to inspire her um her design, which kind of relates to this idea of of AI tools. To assist creativity rather than taking over human creativity, doing some of the things that might have taken thousands of hours of practice and learning to do, and emphasizing other other I don't know which other bits of creativity <laughs> are left for the humans, different ways of um
1: yeah, I think it's 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 that is that it's being able to augment. Our brains to be able to do things that we don't have the exact skill set or the exact talent to be able to do, but we can do with the aid of of artificial intelligence. If um, I've just found one of the examples that when I was playing around with Sudorite, for example, yesterday, um, this produced. So I put in the last part of a christmas carol and i asked sue Wright to rewrite it so this is an example of how you uh, can use these tools so this text of course because it was written by charles dickens is quite is is a little bit archaic so it it says things for example a merry christmas uncle god save you cried a cheerful voice this is the original text it was the voice of Scrooge's nephew who came upon him so quickly that this was the first intimation Scrooge had of his approach. So I put that in, and Sudo Wright rewrote it to become a more modern piece of text. So it said, Merry Christmas, Uncle. The cheerful voice called out. It was Scrooge's nephew, the one who arrived so quickly that Scrooge hadn't had a chance to greet him. Which I think is fascinating, the idea of of the ai sort of understanding um that understanding a style or a way of writing and offering a different version of it i think is is amazing and the other things that you can do with this for example is you can ask the software to rewrite phrases in a particular manner or text so you could actually change the tone of the text that you've put in and then the other thing because this is set up as a as an aid to writing like a writing assistant Mm -hmm. that's the way it's meant to work it it will actually critique your writing and it will give you three um auto critiques so three different perspectives of the writing so write critiquing dickens for example said uh here's one of them it said uh, overall i liked the story my favorite part was the old man he was so gruff so hard but i think there are a few areas which merit further exploration Number one, the dialogue is not particularly strong and it could be punchier. Number two, the character of Scrooge is not particularly well drawn and he comes across as one-dimensional. And number three, the plot lacks tension and suspense and it moves too slowly. Which I think is amazing. (laughs) I'm not sure many would agree with Suda Wright about, about, about the critique of a christmas carol but i think it's quite interesting um to have that kind of feedback on a piece of writing automatically absolutely. generated
4: a- absolutely and whether or not you agree with it um it prompts you to think about and reassess your writing and that's very often what we're trying to do as teachers um not necessarily tell students how to rewrite rewrite it but get them to rethink aspects and decide and then in this case you decide whether or not you agree with the AI algorithm but you can imagine um, that kind of advice incorporated into next generation um, tools written for language learning uh, like uh, I mean you must have seen Cambridge's Write and Improve where you write and get automated feedback on the language level and suggestions of where there might be errors but to incorporate within that not only highlighting of where there might be errors but suggestions about how it might be rewritten in order to include in order to demonstrate a um, uh, less commonly used vocabulary or higher level grammatical structures that are typically you know used at higher levels of language use Um, so not rewriting it for you but suggesting amongst options then you're giving the kind of feedback that teachers might give and um, making it faster and more individualized in terms of getting feedback on writing that helps you um, develop it with respect to particular linguistic uh, language criteria as, as in as in demonstrating wider vocabulary or whatever it is and at the same time exposing you to 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 that through the suggestions that are made
1: yes it's amazing i think and it's even beyond the classroom i think it's it's causing a lot of people even now uh, and i imagine it's quite early days for this to rethink what they are doing or rethink the way they've been doing things i can think of two examples that i know of of people who are not who are not involved in education one of them is a graphic designer who earns a living from creating generally creating book covers for self-published authors and he has started rather than using um, image bank libraries or as well as using image bank libraries he has started using ai apps and creating interesting images and then um producing mock-up covers for authors to um and the authors can buy these mock-up book covers quite uh, quite reasonably priced i think rather than it being commissioned so that's something that i think i'm not sure what percentage of his covers now are they use automatically generated ai apps but uh, he's written about experimenting with it and how it's getting better all the time and the more that he actually more time he puts into the developing the prompts the more the results are better Mm -hmm. so that's that's one example another example is a friend of mine hello nick if you're listening um who um he is quite a good artist digital artist But it seems like he's pretty much decided that rather than um, pursue his digital art, as in drawing with a tablet um, on um, creating digital art, he's putting a lot of his time now into generating AI art because, as, as you said earlier, Josh, you can do it so much faster and the results can be so much more surprising, you can surprise yourself by what you can come up with. Don't know if you have any other examples of people you know uh, that have kind of started changing the way they do things because of these laps.
4: Um I don't know, I, I, I mean, specifically people that I that I know, I don't think so. But I wonder whether it's interesting to kind of extrapolate from those examples, and from the example I was was mentioning, the fashion designer that I read about, Mm. these are in creative areas. Um, In writing, you can see how it might uh, challenge ideas about what it means to be a writer, what it means to be Mm. a a visual artist, an illustrator, or a designer, if you have these tools, um, AI-assisted tools. Uh, And I think that goes back to what I was trying to talk about, perhaps incoherently. (laughs) Maybe I should get AI to write my, write my speeches for me. It would do a better job, I think. And, um, and then I could refine them a bit and see whether they're really saying what I want to say. But to, to get us to question um, what it is that makes us different from <laughs> machines um, in yeah. any role. So if these kind of creative tools or tools to assist creativity change what is important about particular professions um, creative professions how do they change what is important about being human in other professions in in teaching for example um, when AI tools to help you teach and to help students learn can do stuff uh, better faster or well enough and um, for you to do less of that as a human teacher what does that make it important for you to concentrate on how do you distinguish yourself from the machines that can do some of that yeah. job very well you know i mean if it can write a, a good essay it can probably write a good lesson plan is what i'm thinking given enough um yeah material um and maybe even adapt it given data about students and things uh what does i'm not saying that human teachers are irrelevant. far from it in fact i think it probably makes us think more carefully about the things that really are important as teachers um i don't know what does it make you think
1: yeah it, it's a it's a fascinating area it, it i'm sure that there are many teachers um, who are kind of a bit scared about what this means for their profession etc i think this digital automation of aspects of what a teacher does for example um it's it's quite interesting or frightening depending on your point of view what it means for education i think in the next maybe 20 years etc um I don't know if you've come across a book by Neil Selwyn called um Should Robots Replace Teachers? Have you come across that, Josh?
4: I certainly certainly have heard about it, I, but it's on my to read and not not read. I mean I'm familiar with some of what Neil yeah. Selwyn says. What 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 is your take-home message from that?
1: Well I haven't finished it. I've been dipping into it, but um it's it's very interesting. I think one of the things he he argues that um that it's unlikely that teachers for example will be pushed aside by these intelligent systems at least not anytime soon who knows about the the, the you know further in the future but um definitely it's clear that more and more Uh, teachers are going to be surrounded by software, by apps, and by other forms of artificial intelligence that will help us carry out various pedagogical tasks. And it's, um, you know, what we want to do with that and how we feel about that. And so I think we're in a situation now, which I think is definitely the case with AI in general, is that it's inevitable that it's going to change all of all the way that we work the way that we are the way that we live but we have an opportunity at the moment to affect how it changes to some extent you know by what we uh by having an opinion about it by becoming um by trying to uh uh, change it etc if if we don't take interest, I think, in it and don't have, think about the potential. I think we will suddenly feel, find ourselves that someone else will decide for us. So it's almost like he argues that, you know, it is something that we need to take an interest in and decide how we want to shape this. It's like AI and um, in in general and ethics etc if we don't try to influence the way that ai is developing now then other people or even the ai themselves will make those decisions for us
4: yeah or at least um start thinking and encouraging Uh, uh, others and our students to think carefully through um what the implications of these tools might be and to think critically about how and whether we choose to engage with them and what we do with our data etc um i don't know i mean obviously there's lots of work in ai and ethics and and A.I. readiness and preparing organizations and educators and students, for you know, a, a new, well, I mean, a form of digital literacy, but beyond where digital literacy has, has been framed a lot. But I think um, also just to uh, the origin, I mean, one of the origins of work in artificial intelligence was to use computers to find out more about what it meant to be intelligent and what it meant to be human. And I think that... Um, that's you know to think more about what it means to be human and how we can value and and um distinguish that so in some senses if i can go back to to the to the ai generated story about the ai hybrid Mm -hmm. teacher um what that says at the end not written by me written by some online algorithm um is that the students become frightened and the parents because they realise that the that they're just data points for the for the AI hybrid teachers. Um, what does that mean? It makes me think about things like um, criteria and tick boxes and you know ticking the boxes um, to get the good uh, report on your teaching or the school's teaching or to have achieved whatever those things. That's one thing, but. But underpinning that must be some real empathy and care for the, the students and how they are progressing and developing. And I'm not sure whether AI can really do that. I mean, I'm sure that AI can be very good and will become, or is already very good at manipulating um, emotions and detecting emotions. Mm-hmm. But actually empathizing is perhaps a different thing, and perhaps requires um, embodied human cultural experiences that that are <laughs> different to what AIs can really crunch take in as data because they don't exist in in in, in human bodies i don't know whether that's too philosophical or.
1: No, no. I think uh, it's fascinating, Josh. I think this idea again to go back to Neil Salwin and that book, which I'm, I'm going to have to um, to to read more of. I'm sure um, it would be enlightening. But he he basically says, you know, we're at a kind of pivotal moment at the moment uh, now that. When it comes to education you know you can see a future where these automated systems free teachers up uh, to work in different and more rewarding ways for example and can actually supplement what a teacher does in the classroom they can provide perhaps more individual attention to students etc and do some of the kind of um lesser work that a teacher needs to do or doesn't have time to do with each of the students that they're in charge of or it could mean that the ai means that the humans who remain employed in education settings are compelled to work in what he calls an increasingly machine-like manner so i think there's kind of two potential futures here just to go into that, I don't know if you've seen, but Tom Rogers has put in the, in the studio a question for us, which I don't know if you feel that you could uh, answer. Josh, Tom says, what do you think teaching will look like in five years with AI? Do you want to play the prediction game?
4: <laughs> in five years? <laughs> um, i phew. I've I've been I mean I did a, a, a kind of AI related degree, um mm-hmm. master's degree when I was uh twenty three or twenty so a long time ago, thirty years and and some of the visions from then seem to be becoming true kind of quite rapidly over the last um short period, but others are, are way distant. What do I think the classroom would be like in five years' time? Also, I was in the classroom, you know, I am in the classroom, and I was in the classroom about 20, 30 years ago as well. And and in some ways, I haven't seen massive differences. Interactive whiteboards kind of came and go, but projecting, engaging media was important. So I think um, close AI um, impacts... within five years (laughs) i don't know so everything is so constrained by other issues um like and and some of them are very uh, you know important issues like data protection and child protection and and the uh, the physical architectures of the spaces that we work in and whether they have enough plugs or not and etc um so i'm not sure that there i'm not sure what what i think what i think could happen is much more um voice interaction but and Mm -hmm. why i think that could happen or might happen is because potentially um cheaper voice interaction microphone does something get something done you can do it while you get on with other things you can move around the classroom and and be speaking to students maybe um while you tell the the computer to put on a timer or dim the lights or show a video or whatever it is so i can see um possibilities for that whether they will actually come to fruition depend depends on the constraints around us i don't know what would you like classrooms to be like in five years time i would like them to be v- very easy for me and the students to move around in and move rapidly and easily between um, using digital technology to enhance the learning and switching all the digital off and interacting in a human to human way. So I would like technology to, to facilitate smooth, easy transitions between individual and group work and whole class work. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, yes, <laughs> going into the <laughs>
1: yeah i think I, I agree with you i think the idea as well is being able to as a teacher what i think is very important is to be able to draw upon resources um, very quickly we can do that to a certain extent depending on how things change in the classroom or what you think the students need for example so being able to perhaps use voices you suggested in your in the middle of a discussion and you think of an example um, uh section of video that would illustrate very well or would would set the scene that you didn't plan so you didn't think about it and you just come to mind and being able to sort of draw upon that from a, a library because you know you have access to it without too much faffing around perhaps just saying um you know alexa can you pull up pull up the clip of the video of whatever it is and being able to project that without having to worry about setting it up etc and just play a short section of it to put whatever you're thinking about in context that kind of use of technology I think will probably come Um, and it will definitely require a teacher to, to have a kind of it will require the teacher's knowledge and sensitivity and experience To be able to draw upon what is necessary at that particular moment during the classroom to be able to do it but Mm -hmm. um at the moment we don't have the ability to do that other than to sort of halt the class to go to a browser to search for something to try and find it to try and set it up so you you probably wouldn't do that um in a classroom because you'd probably waste 10 minutes or so
4: yeah. I think um that's that's definitely the kind of thing that I'm thinking about and I think that the comment I've only just seen that I can see comments in the in the thing here so the the comment about I think AI has great potential for teaching assistance so students being able to ask um FAQ style questions and get answers in their ear etc. I, I, absolutely. Um I had mm. forgotten about kind of like maybe you've got a headphone in one, in one, an earbud in one ear that can whisper yeah. in some advice and on the fly, just-in-time prompts and things. And that reminds me of one of the things that I found interesting about teaching online during the pandemic, the fact that you can have students engaged in small group discussions in breakout rooms or whatever it is, and be able to, through personal, individual chat, prompt, students to participate like oh perhaps you could ask so and so this question or maybe try using this it's the sort of thing you can't really do in live um, face-to-face classrooms because it's too intrusive um, and too obvious but if you uh, if you envisage the situation which I think is being envisaged here in the chat of a student having an earbud in and the and an AI listening in and suggesting you could try um, saying this or you could ask so-and-so to do this or uh, prompting you to take action. I've always wanted to have a permanent, you know, on my shoulder little assistant to remind <laughs> me to do stuff, and I can see that could be great. I was thinking maybe closer to now. Um voice-driven, small screen, interactive research devices, one per table for small groups, you know, four or five, um, to assist with online research that we often ask students to do, but without them getting engaged and actually tapping things in. So they have to take turns to ask for the information, help each other refine the questions, um, interpret what's being spoken back to them, particularly for language um, learning. Again, I'm interested here. Uh, But of course, at the same time, for these earbuds in students' ears or these devices on the desk, you would want for the teacher to be able to say, "Okay, um, turn off all devices and all devices are dead. Let's all focus on speaking to each other now or on the the board for this or listen to me or whatever. So um, incorporating ways to uh to control that or for the teacher to be able to control those devices and, and students interaction with them which is not to say that I think students need, you know one of the things we need to help students with a lot is um, is self-regulation and using the devices and technologies that are available to them in ways that actually help them and don't distract them when they need to um and in thinking about their use critically but I think for the moment we we need also to be able to turn everything off at will and back on at will reliably. A uh, good yeah. comment, though, and very, very interesting comment in the chat.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree, Josh. I think that, that idea of using um, AI to personalize learning, to differentiate, um, so you don't have to do what most teachers need to do, which is you know deal with uh, all of the students as one mass, and try to help them learn or teach the same thing. So this idea of being able to work a lot more, uh, to do station work, to to be able to help students but you become more of a facilitator, I think, which is happening in a lot of classrooms in a lot of times, a lot of lessons, but the idea of being able to give students what they need or the practice they need, um, at the time they need it i think is really interesting i think one one other thing that strikes me is is that a teacher will probably certainly a primary school teacher i think and maybe a lower secondary teacher if these devices that you envision envisage the earbuds or as thomas saying advisors with various tools that can be uh, drawn upon if they become sort of typical uh, and uh used by everyone then i think one of the roles of the teacher will be actually to help students uh learn how to use them effectively that will be a role of the teacher i think probably
4: yeah 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 absolutely uh, uh, yeah i think that's what I mean by AI readiness, I mean, I don't know whether teachers are, enough, teachers are AI ready or organizations are AI ready, but it's certainly time to start. Yeah. I don't think that science fiction um, television series should be leading the way on preparing us for no. for, for, the, for the imminent future. Maybe there should be more space within education for it deliberate planned education
1: definitely so josh we've kind of run over time i'm gonna have to wind things up thank you very much for joining me um thank you i'd love to um have you back as a guest um in the future if you're interested sometime next year great that'd be great um thanks very much the way that these things are changing so rapidly i think you know in six months time we'll have a lot more to talk about
4: yeah. Yeah yeah. And in five years time we'll see whether any of the <laughs> in
1: um I mean that's six months, I think. Things are gonna be uh very different in six months. So um but in five years time, who knows, maybe the Teachers Taught radio show will be hosted by a robot. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Certainly my answers will be written by a robot and they'll be yeah. better.
1: I'm not sure about that but thanks again Josh and uh, thanks everybody for listening and for joining us in the studio and um, we'll be back next week with another subject
3: you've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org we look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio